0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center. This is C.M. Alexander with the news. Today we wish a fond farewell to our studio mouse, Mr. Radio Jingles. Ben has informed me that Mr. Jingles was offered a job in Mouseville reporting the news. While I wasn't able to say goodbye in person, I speak for myself and our newest studio cat, Gynan, when I say <laughs> good. You are listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public
1: Radio.
0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, CM Alexander, alongside Joshua Kahn. Hey, everybody. And Benjamin Graham.
1: Hey there, constant readers.
0: And today, we are finishing The Green Mile and i'm sad so i'm just going to turn it over to josh <laughs>
2: <laughs> the end of this book sucks <laughs> oh boy it's it's so heavy so i'm going to lighten it up right here from the start um, Good. for for an entire accident really when i was creating my recap i realized i accidentally turned the green mile into an 80s sex comedy what <laughs> so i'm going to i'm going to do it in the trailer voice with the the recap for like where we are where we left off okay <laughs> Paul Edgecombe and the E-Block gang have just gathered to discuss an elaborate scheme for a late-night Cold Mountain hall pass, sneaking John Coffey, a death row inmate with magic hands, into their boss's wife's bedroom. (laughs) That is
0: what happened. (laughs) It is what
2: happened. (laughs) But as I was writing it, I was like, if I could just... Change their job title to camp counselors. This is something. <laughs> I, th- that just makes
1: me think of how much I would rather be watching Better Off Dead right
2: now. <laughs> oh, God. That's just so good. I also realized that it would be ridiculous to change their job to camp counselor, but leave Death Row inmate Sean Coffey the same. <laughs> just be absurd.
0: Um, I'd watch that movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> before we jump into picking up the, the discussion, we've had uh, the terrible execution of Dell. We've had the death and resurrection of a mouse. And we're getting together to discuss Paul's plan to heal Melinda Moores. But first, we've got to go back to the old mile. And mm-hmm. honestly, I I don't like the old Paul stuff. I don't. This still didn't fix it for me. Mm. I still don't like it.
1: The these two books, especially the last book, I think it gets a little. It was the first one I listened to, and I was like, I don't care about this. <laughs> it gets to the point where you're like, okay, well, just tell me the story. Mm. Like, I, okay. I just in the in the afterward. Of the audiobook version, at least. Uh Stephen King reads the N afterward and brings up that I didn't realize because I'm not well read that the whole old Paul stuff is him cribbing from Dickens. Oh. Because Dickens, when he was writing, he this is how he wrote his novels, was that they, they were serialized. Mm. And so Stephen King says he went and when he decided this is how he was going to do this book he was going about doing research figuring out how people have done it in the past Mm -hmm. and read that Dickens worked it into the story it was the the recaps between chapters were put into the story and so that's what he's doing and I
0: still like it better than how it's done in Doctor Sleep.
2: (laughs) Yeah I do agree with that. Come on for sure. Really, all that happens in this one is it's a, a cute story about her setting uh, Elaine setting off a fire alarm so he can sneak out for his walk.
1: The one thing I wanted to bring out up is uh, this real weird sentence where Paul says basically alludes to the fact that old people having sex is weird <laughs> and gross. Yeah. And I'm like, you're projecting some stuff here,
2: Steve. I <laughs> just like that is uh, he's like, we just have to be very careful about. it. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Got (laughs) brittle bodies. He
1: calls it literally. He's like, oh, this, it's weird. And I'm (laughs) like,
2: come on, (laughs) judgy. So let's get back to this lunch. The plan has been put on the table that they're gonna break John Coffee out and heal Melinda Moores. And Dean asks probably the most important question, what if he gets away? Did that, I mean, I know we know that Coffee didn't do this.
0: I was just waiting for Paul to To share with them that coffee did not kill these girls. So I was, when he finally asked that, I was like, okay, thank you. Here we go. We can get on with it. And I did like that Paul didn't have to because brutal figured it out and picked up on it and was like, oh, you don't think that's the case. Do you? Yeah.
2: And well, at this point, and it's so tangential right now, the thing that he points out first is the fact that he gave coffee a shoelace or gave him his shoe, as you mentioned mm-hmm. last episode, CM, and he didn't know how to tie a shoe. Mm-hmm. Well, if he doesn't know how to tie a shoe, how did he get the sausages out of his uh, lunch to feed the dog and then tie it back up?
0: I kind of wondered something because Paul, we talked about this last episode, he talks about feeling sort of hypnotized by John Coffee And even the other guys, I feel like see him as puzzling or more gentle than they would see someone that size who had committed that kind of crime typically. Yeah. So I wonder if they were also affected by him in a strange way, which also made me think, okay, he's survived this long in the world. How has he not come across you know, a terrible situation where he is taken advantage of or blamed for something? And I wondered if he just sort of has a kind of hypnotic or calming effect on every normal person he encounters. And maybe he couldn't protect himself with the little girls because he was so distraught and upset that none of that sort of magnetism or calmness could exude from him for other people to react to him the way they normally would.
1: Well, considering the fact that he's covered head to toe right. in scars, I would say yeah. he probably well, has been in positions where he's been taken of. No, I,
0: I just mean had- like gotten in this kind of trouble where he mm. could not
2: disappear
0: or move on
2: yeah because there's been no record of him yeah. anywhere yeah I think later much later in the book we find only like one more instance in the past that he'd ever been seen
0: because he saved some people from a
2: a tornado crushed a church and he had carried two of them out I think yes yeah.
0: and the onlookers were like they were totally fine which is crazy because I swore they were dead yeah
2: and then he just disappears Mm -hmm. is John coffee wait I was gonna uh, like are you gonna make a reference to kung fu
1: (laughs) (laughs) wandering from place to
2: place no episode uh, episode the uh like it's it's very dim to be able to Mm. be somebody that stands Mm -hmm. out so much and go so unnoticed but when this is a man it's too hard to not talk about everything as a whole in this last part of the book, but discussing we'll discuss later why John Coffey as a fugitive just doesn't make any sense for the world. Mm-hmm. But before then, when no one was looking for him, maybe he just wouldn't be seen that way.
1: Well, oh, I mean, it's brought up later that Wharton, Billy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Says something offhandedly racist mm-hmm. uh, before dying horribly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Paul says like oh because he's just a white boy from the country he wouldn't even see a black man unless it was they unless it was to go out of his way to be racist right yeah so maybe it's just a quality of he was just
2: overlooked m- because it overlooked the color oh of yeah. Skin. yeah yeah That's a good
1: point
0: man I try not to be so dark all the time (laughs) and I forget that everybody sucks. (laughs) Uh, yeah.
1: I, I feel like it has become my job, my position on the podcast to To complain about all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're fine. But, it's, there's so much of it. This book has so much to pick apart. Yeah,
2: Boy, Which, this last
1: section. I think
2: Stephen King even kind of points out that because the style, the serialized mm-hmm. writing it month to month, it caused errors. It caused things mm-hmm. that he's just like, eh, it happened. Like those errors are in Dickens' work. Why can't they be in mine? <laughs> so uh, everybody gets on board with this plan. Let's talk about the night of, the cold mountain hall pass because that's they don't have a name for it. So I've decided to give it a name. I like that. Thanks. That's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> they so Dean is going to stay at the desk in case anybody comes in because he's the one with a family, which I thought was very nice. Mm-hmm. And they have a story for where everyone is. If anybody comes by.
0: Well, I'm sorry. Paul has a family and this is foreshadowing. Oh. I did not pick up on at all because I forgot this is what happened. But his kids are grown. <laughs> yeah. And so are Brutal. No, Brutal doesn't have any kids.
2: So this night they are quietly preparing. And even though they told Percy to use up all his vacation to never come back, this asshole just saunters back in. But balls on pissy wet pants.
0: (laughs) I love how casual and cocky he is about it too. Like they didn't just have this he didn't nearly get his ass kicked (laughs) (laughs) the night beef. I would have called in sick. I would have been like, Yeah.
1: Mm Yeah,
0: it's wild, At least at least like, one day, I would have called and said. Yeah, because
1: which one of the other guards even told him, like, and also until you're gone, you're going to be calling. You won't mm-hmm, be coming yeah. in. Prince was like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. I, it's I mean, such a move.
2: Honestly, I think we'll find out soon why he felt like he needed to come back. He left his favorite book there. Oh. <laughs> father's fuck books yeah. listen to our Christine episode
0: you're wondering why we keep saying that
2: uh, Paul also goes and has a talk with Wharton and for the first time is very cordial to him offers him uh, cola
0: oh because he cha- He kind of changes the way he talks to him Like mm-hmm. he's he responds to him not with the annoyance I think that they've grown to respond to him with because he's annoying them all the time yeah. but mm. he's just sort of chill and that kind of gets his attention, which yeah. is interesting.
2: And he accepts his his treat. What I love is that all the while, everybody's moving around their business. And Coffee is knows what's going on. He even at one point mm-hmm. makes a comment like, says something like, I'd like to go for a ride.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's just, I love when they finally see him. He's just standing there like he's ready. Mm-hmm. And he looks alert. I love when he looks alert.
2: Yeah. it is. It makes sense also that this is all... On the top of everybody's minds, but neither Percy or Wharton notice because they're the most self-involved people in the world. <laughs> so let's talk about what they do to get rid of these two people for the night. Who wants to go first?
1: Well, we, we've already covered Wharton. Well, uh, I he he just drank a soda laced with a bunch of what sleeping pills? Yeah, basically they
0: drank him. Yeah. yeah
1: but percy i this <laughs> is very good i, I like it love it's part. so good <laughs> because they corner him and Percy's like reading. What is it he's reading? Some some like official rule book. It, it's it's like, like a how to take care of mental that's patients. That's right. yes. Yeah. And oh. they grab him and they force him into the straight.
0: Oh, can we talk about what falls out of Yeah, well, I'm <laughs>
1: getting there. Oh, that's okay. the next <laughs> thing. Sorry, sorry. They grab him and they they force him into a straight jacket. And in the commotion, he drops the book and like a school. Kid in a cartoon <laughs> from the 50s, he had the uh Popeye Tijuana Bible just in in the book he was reading. It's cartoonishly. It's
0: time to masturbate at work.
1: <laughs> well, if you should be able to look at a little porn at work. <laughs> you should be able to look at a little porn. I mean, come on. I really hope someone divided. I really hope. There are some Jesus. listeners that have watched season 3 of it. Yeah. I think you should leave. That anyway. Yeah.
0: I work in a school.
2: <laughs> it's Don't worry but about it. But also if you are going to jerk off at work, do it in your boss's office. It's a real power move.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway. It's Paul's office
2: that he's in, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my. You're right. I didn't even
2: oh. Go. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's bad. But anyway, they grab him and they're like, "What the hell, Percy?" Dude,
2: here's the thing. He's protesting so hard to the point where they start to feel sorry for him cuz he's openly sobbing. I love that Paul when it dawns on him like oh my he feels bad for a second because he's like, "Oh, he thinks we're going to put him in a straitjacket and throw him to Billy Wharton to let him do whatever he wants." Cuz they
0: said they were going to do that.
2: <laughs> and then he realizes immediately that uh that's also something Percy went to that immediately because that's something he would do. Yeah.
0: Cause he's a piece of he's shit and he seems that everybody's a piece right. of shit. Yeah. And then Paul's really furious. Yeah. With he's like, fuck you. We're not, we're not like you Right.
2: to think like that they would do yeah. something, actually do something like that. Which sh- is horse shit because they've threatened him with that before.
0: Yeah, so they should have done it.
1: Well, no, right? no. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's bullshit that Paul got all indignant that he's like, oh, how would he think that we would actually do this thing that we threatened him with
2: already? To be like, fair, putting him in a straitjacket first was never part he, of, he's the one who made the association between I little, see a straitjacket sure, and yeah, this is what's going to happen. That's a little what's too happen. sexy. Sorry? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, ba- bad. <laughs>
2: the <laughs> thing we said was weird.
0: Uh,
2: but yeah, they they slap him in that straight jacket and drag him down the hall and toss him into their straight room. Tape
0: his mouth.
2: When Paul tapes his mouth shut and wraps it around the back of his head, too, it made me so happy. Okay,
0: you guys, I have to share real quick. Yeah. It makes me feel like I can't breathe. Like, I'm not sad mm-hmm. that they did this to him because he's a fictional character, so fuck him. <laughs> he, he deserves it. <laughs> but having like been in we have to use specialized de-escalation strategies at work and sometimes when someone's safety is in danger and the de-escalation cannot account for that you have to physically restrain someone and I've had to be a part of that mm. so I haven't been restrained but I still like I know what that tension and awful feeling and like we all feel sick and horrible about it and this just this section gave me so much anxiety reading
1: yeah blocking <laughs> blocking people's airways is bad yeah don't do that
0: yeah. well and to be like you can't move your
1: mm-hmm. arms
0: oh you have be- a,
1: a bit of claustrophobia cm
0: yeah the idea of being in caves and not being able to move really well, well.
1: i get that yeah. Fair enough.
0: and heights those are all the things I'm afraid of. <laughs> this,
1: and thank you for sharing list. that yep. in this very public forum. <laughs> Dear listeners,
0: well,
2: please do not act on this information.
1: What do
0: do with it?
2: <laughs> push you off a tall cliff into that's a subterranean. Cave. So we take you down to a cliff, push you down.
0: Spladunking. Wait, it dunking? Split split dunking! Split dunking. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean yep. Yep. That's what it's That's called What's yep.
2: <laughs> well, When you go
1: cave diving Or er, cliff diving in a cave <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's Now great. I can't think of what it's actually called And we're not going to give you time oh, to think no.
2: about it Let's just move on You can bring it up in the outro if you remember uh, They So they leave Percy and they're telling him the, You're going to have all night to think about what you did to Dell, Which is uh, justifiable As far as the story they have to tell everybody goes My favorite thing, though, is when they go to Coffee Cell to get him out and they ask him if they need to put him in chains and he legitimately pauses and looks like he's considering it and says, you can, but you don't have to. (laughs) It's like, all right, that sounds good. So the plan is, like I said, Dean's staying on the mile. They have their plan for where anybody's... If they ask where somebody is, he knows where everybody's supposed to be. They... They are about to make a clean getaway when, despite having so much medication in his system, Wharton shoots out from the cells and grabs coffee by the arm.
0: I Actually, I love this part. It's kind of one of my favorites because for him to just get up with all of that in his system tells you the kind of constant turmoil his system is in because he's crazy. But where it leads, I, I think it's obvious. But I was proud that I figured it out right away. <laughs> because he grabs coffee, and coffee just stops, and like everything stops. And he's he gets this look on his face, yeah. and he's like, and he's he dead dead zones again. Out. Yeah, he's like, you're a bad man. Is like, oh, of course, that's what it's going to be. It's yeah. he's the one. He's the one who did it.
1: He, yeah, he he dead zones and. Mm-hmm. We don't know that yet, mm. but it is pretty like, oh, yeah. the, it starts to fall into place. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They ask Coffee if he has any idea because the, he's mentioned that there's a ride, that he's going on a ride tonight. Like, do you know what's happening? And he just says, you're taking me to help a woman, I think. <laughs> like, Good enough. They sneak him out, but they first have to go through Paul's office which then means they have to go through the execution room and pass Big Juicy, to which Coffee says the most horrifying thing I've ever read, which is he looks at the electric chair and says, they're still in there, pieces of them still in there. I hear them screaming.
0: This is so, this might be the hardest book we've read. I'm not as emotional about it as I have been about some parts of other things that have really devastated me, but- That part right there, because if you're reading, if you haven't read this and you read this, when you read that moment, you know that that's the only thing you're going to be thinking about when they execute him.
2: Yep. Doesn't feel good.
0: It's horrible.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I might have mentioned it. I don't like the end
1: of this book very much.
2: (laughs) It is a difficult read. Yeah. Uh, To get him through the tunnel, they also put him on the gurney. And he he makes a comment about how fun it is to ride on the gurney going through the tunnel. And that also is just a yeah. dark, dark detail. Because
0: one of them thinks next time he'll be dead. Yeah.
2: But the first thing Coffee does when he gets outside is he catches a leaf and crushes it and smells it. It's His- like it's so sweet. It's so goddamn wholesome.
0: The truck ride to the house—it's just devastating because Paul is sitting in the back of the truck with him. Watching him just soak in the freedom of being outside and seeing the stars, and sees how much like coffee is just somebody who needs that. And, and they've put him in a
2: cage. And in another one of those surprise moments, he points out uh, Cassiopeia in the constellations. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's so wild what is in John's mind. It, <laughs> and- it
0: makes me think he seems like he's a little slower because he's constantly filtering all the things he's assaulted with from the world like makes a lot of he could be very intelligent Mm -hmm. and it just he can't ever relax enough to use his brain that way
2: so after an hour in the car we get to the moore's house and paul says we'll go handle this brutal and i'll go do it and before they can even get to the door hal is at his door with a pistol pointed at them because it's not a a quiet way to show up with this loud-ass car. (laughs) And as soon as he's out there, I love that it points out that he's been a warden for a long time, so enemies is something he's Mm -hmm. just given.
0: He hears a truck in the middle of the night and he's ready to defend his house. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and all he can think of later, he's like, I just thought it was something to do with revenge. That's all I could think that it was Mm -hmm. to do. But they can't... even though he spent all day trying to figure out what to say, Paul cannot figure it out until Harry and coffee come up into the light. And then they're able to start explaining to him like this is it's not a jailbreak. It's not anything uh, like terrible happening.
0: Well, because Paul keeps freaking out, too. And yeah, and second guessing this thing they're doing and I think he was ready to bail and then coffee touched him, right? Yeah. And was like, calm down, dude.
1: <laughs> well it's it's uh am I reading too much into it? It's it's a Jesus thing.
0: Oh no you're uh, not reading too it, much into like it at all. Uh,
1: John Coffee is very obviously a Jesus. Yeah. Uh and throughout this like travel to the warden's house, there's kind of a play on the like I thought it was kind of like the being rejected three times oh, because uh, yeah. each of the three guards at one point or another uh, are on the verge of turning back. Mm-hmm. And then the other guards are able to pick up uh, this energy from John because it's whoever is with John is the one that is able to gather everyone and uh, shift the morale, right? Mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't know. Here's where I'm going to turn this into more King lore. I'm really tying this this moment into something. Because later, as Paul's writing this, he's reflecting on how I had this plan, I had all this, but it felt like some force was keeping me from doing anything. And mm-hmm. I believe that force was Atropos.
0: Yep. And he believe, talks about the white.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. I believe that Atropos was there and was trying <laughs> to prevent somebody from taking it, but because John Coffey is has that Power about him that him showing up and being in their vicinity uh, takes down that aura. And so,
1: yeah. you know what? I'm
2: going to, I love
1: that. Yeah. I'm going to take it a step further. I think that the dog from the last section was Gujo.
2: What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that <laughs> dog! So everyone reacted as, as though I was completely I, serious. What dog. I as though we had <laughs> like, have never met before. <laughs> That was a strange reaction.
0: Been really considering good
1: point and <laughs> That's what I get for bringing up King Lore to a bunch of king nerds.
0: Everyone goes,
1: "Okay, well, can uh, that yeah. work?" <laughs> yourself.
0: Have you ever been taken too seriously?
2: <laughs> you know that's rarely a problem for me. So as they're standing outside trying to explain this, everybody is invited into the house. For a gangbang by Melinda Moores. Jesus. Likely oh a response from the tumor, but honestly, we'll never know. It's a cucking. <laughs> it's, it's a train cuck. I I was annoyed by this.
1: Yeah? Th- the demon angle. I, I hate oh, it. Oh, is that what you thought this? Did they specifically say, like Paul says, he's like, I don't think Melinda was possessed by a literal well, that, demon. Well, that's when he talks about
0: the white, right? Well, yeah, so,
1: except that he this entire scene is done one for one as though it were a demon possession scene. <laughs>
2: and it it just I was like it's too much. See, that's what made me like the the Atropos theory that there is there is another force here that shakes the house when it is thwarted because a stronger power affected Yeah, I hate it. that. That's, really? Yeah. No. That, I thought you. I thought you'd be on board for that. Honestly, I, it's
1: this isn't that. There are different kinds of Stephen King sure. books, and there's oh, it's okay. I was enjoying this. Yes, it has a a
2: <laughs> character with divine powers, but it's not like it's not that kind of book. I know it doesn't have to be. I just like that that because we've dealt with the that uh, destiny of death in in Insomnia. I think it's very interesting to have somebody who is essentially given a death sentence and that strong force My problem
1: it. with this is, in a book that is essentially, at the end, about, like, the evils of society, yeah. to suddenly be like, uh, except all of this evil shit, it's actually caused by demons. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it, uh, John Coffey, oh, it's so sad, that this horrible tragedy that befell him. But it's probably because there are evil forces working against him, and not because of systemic racism. Systemic uh. racism doesn't
2: help. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about the exorcism of Melinda Morse?
0: Yeah, can I tell you my favorite part? Mm-hmm. It's before they fully get in there, and it's sad because this lady's been through a ton of shit, and her brain is just breaking on her. And it's in the middle of the night, and so she's also scared, and she's calling out for a hell, like, don't let them in, you know, it's a salesman, we don't need anything, <laughs> like, scared, but also just kind of firing off weird things. But the best thing that she said that absolutely delighted me was... You stay out of here, whoever you are. Just stay out. I'm not dressed. My tits are out, and my bitch box is taking the breeze.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did just send bitch box in I our did. group chat to I us apropos of nothing.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's it's, it's so some real good. kingly cussing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's swearing perfect. in a way no human being ever has.
0: It's... <laughs> and she calms down after she's like, "Take your pants down, John Coffee." <laughs> Uh, yeah,
2: it's so well, once John touches her, it's so cool how everybody sees her come back to herself a little Mm -hmm. bit. And there's the the moment where she says, like, it's after he heals her, that's she says something to the effect of we I was walking in the darkness. And
0: yes, like they found each other in the darkness. Mm. Do you know what that made me think of Mm. it? It gave me like the vibes and feeling of when I was reading Lisey's story and, and Ooh, just yeah. being in that other area and like I don't know something about it just pulled me back to yeah,
1: yeah. Lisi pulling uh, her sister back mm-hmm.
0: right yeah it, like what her husband would say to her like I was lost in the dark and yeah. you found yeah
2: they can all feel that this big thing is about to happen when John Coffee plants one on Melinda Moore's and the house starts shaking like lights explode yeah, the
0: floor is shaking mm-hmm. it's so cool
2: And when it's all done, almost instantly, she looks 10 years younger.
0: Her hair is coming Mm -hmm. back. John Coffey looks 10 years older and falls to the ground, which shakes the house again because he's a big dude. And uh, Paul's thinking, like, spit it out, spit it out. But he doesn't. And I forgot why he doesn't. So I was so, like, I love that I forgot enough of this that I I
1: had a big sense of what was happening, but... Yeah. No, the th- the thing that's coming up yes. is one of the like burned into my memory.
0: I, I thought he was holding on to her sickness because he was killing himself so he didn't have to die by Yeah. That's
1: what chair. Says yeah, later. The, yeah. Uh, in the drive back, Brutal turns to Paul and is like, he's not going to make it to his execution date because he has this thing inside him. He's He's a dead man.
0: Oh my gosh. He could have done that, yeah. but instead he sacrificed himself. Oh no, yeah. there's more, I
2: what
1: hate d- it. Does he sacrifice? Well,
2: we'll the idea that he, now that he's seen the uh, chair and he said what he had to say about the chair, the idea of keeping that in me and dying that way seems like uh, the that's better what I way out. We'll get to the, uh, yeah.
1: I, there are some things uh, in this book that upset me
2: deeply. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a significance that I missed in regards to the St. Christopher medallion she gives so Melinda gives Coffee the medallion, and then it's taken it's a, off of him. I think execution. it's a king it's thing a,
0: because it we've had that in so many stories. Okay. Saint Perfect. Christopher
2: yeah. medallions are just like. I a mean, it's not catf- a king
0: thing, but yeah. it's a thing yeah. King references in yeah. several of his stories. Yeah.
2: And on the drive back, Paul dreams about the crucifixion of John Coffee with Percy and Dell on crosses on either side. That is a terrible way to spend eternity. I think that's bad company.
0: That is terrible company. Yeah.
2: But they managed to get back to cold mountain, sneak John coffee in and, and everything's fine. They think "All right, this long <laughs> night, everything worked out. We're all good. But the day is just beginning. And that's where we get left off with this part five. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God we can just go right back into it. But Did first we ever look
1: up how long was between the publications of each of the the chapters Wasn't it monthly? a month yeah it was, Wasn't a month. it was monthly that's wild because he wrote these mm-hmm. like yeah. back to back he didn't have it all planned out finished and then released them one at yeah, a time yeah because it was a
0: huge gamble because yeah. he just had to do it as it happened
1: crazy
2: yeah.
0: and look at the magic fucking the devastating wild. heartbreaking magic
2: <laughs> so we're back at georgia pines and paul has fallen asleep writing his story and uh brad dolan shows up because he noticed he didn't go for his walk and it's it's a little sad to see who paul was and then this particular moment where he seems like so childlike Mm -hmm. because he he knows that brad's not afraid to hurt him and he just woke up and all his papers are everywhere and he so he's scrambling his papers together trying to hide them and it just it's it's sad. It,
0: it again, just the parallel of him now being kind of like a helpless prisoner.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And considering how he, pers- like, how Coffee's execution changes his feelings on execution, I kind of feel like he's in his own purgatory almost.
2: Yeah, Which, absolutely. And I don't
0: know if I'm thinking that because, like, I, I recently, we recently released that feeling that mm-hmm. you can only say what it is in French. And we had a pretty cool discussion about, like, you know, King is saying here, like, hell is what you think you deserve, essentially. Mm. And I could kind of see that for Paul.
2: We haven't released that episode yet. That comes out after the Green
0: Mile. Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I Spoilers! It, Spoilers. this <laughs> is what you have to look forward to. Enjoy it after this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the scene escalates until Elaine shows up to save the day. And she pulls a Percy and says she has a relative in the House of Representatives. And that gets... Mean Percy to walk away, and then Good Percy talks to Paul some more. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Elaine, Elaine is Good Percy because she's has the the relative that's in oh, the house.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm <laughs> bored. But you no, not- set that up for <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: very
2: confused. <laughs> that was, that was I a- was like,
1: wait, is there? Are you trying, Are you, you saying that one of Percy or Brad Dolan is the good <laughs> Percy?
2: I don't understand this at all. Basically, at the end of this, Paul says, I am mm. almost done. If you're willing to read what I've written, meet me later and I'll give you the last of it. And mm-hmm. she does. And then we are back at Cold Mountain. They have to bring John in with the gurney. For less fun reasons this time, because he can mm. barely walk and he he looks like death and they barely get him back into his cell. Luckily, nobody has showed up, so they haven't had to use any of their excuses. But they do have to go get Percy and start letting the things they can't control out. That
0: would be so I would be so anxious. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, I'm not doing it. He's going to die. in <laughs>
2: How would you guys feel about this releasing Percy set piece?
0: It is so overshadowed by what happens, honestly. Yeah, I don't even.
1: He gets
2: slapped around. Who
0: cares? (laughs) Because holy shit, (laughs) I didn't know this was about to happen. It's
2: the significance of it, though, is in when you're reading it and you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You you're so focused on what Percy's focused on because they lay into him so hard Mm -hmm. and basically say, if you tell anybody anything. All, all the same threats We he's been getting all book, basically. Yeah. There's, there's no new threats in this book. Mm-hmm. So they get Percy out of the jacket. He trudges back to uh, the desk because he's going to go home for the day. But then see him? You know, Percy just can't
0: walk <laughs> where he's supposed to. This idiot, idiot
1: doesn't have any fucking spatial
0: awareness. <laughs> no, he's so entitled. I think he just thinks he should walk where he wants to and nobody should grab him. So he gets grabbed by John Coffee,
2: Which is a the last fake person out. you expect.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it's, a, it's a huge fake mm-hmm. out because you expect it to be, to be Billy.
0: And then when Coffee gives him what he has it's another fake out because you expect that i was like that was such a like cold vindictive move for coffee to give Mm -hmm. him this like life-ending tumor he's gonna slowly like suffer and die i mean it won't be super slow but it's Mm -hmm. gonna suck and wow like percy sucks so bad but that's not in coffee's character that's oh (laughs) 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 because Somebody else grabs Percy next. Uh, to to next. be fair. Grabs uh, his to, attention, to, I should to say.
1: Be, to clarify, uh, j- what John does is he spits a bunch of bees. And, uh, Didn't cool. I say that?
0: Well, you just kind of said
1: what he puts into him oh. or something like that. <laughs> oh, and, and like, I guess with all the we're gonna threats, We're going to clarify that. Be, that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he... he, he <laughs> Pours all of the sickness. The, yeah, that he, the bugs. Yeah. And it's into. like, I love that it's like it's going in his mouth, up his nose, any opening in mm-hmm. his body, these things are I think it's some crawl into his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's bad. Uh,
0: yeah, that's harsh.
1: And it causes Percy, he goes away. Like he goes blank. It
0: breaks his mind.
1: Mm-hmm. And Percy responds by staccato marching over
2: to Billy the Kid's
1: cell taking his pistol out and emptying it into the sleeping Wild Bill.
2: Which, as we established earlier, Percy has great accuracy. That is something that the <laughs> King dropped very early. And it says he shot him, was it one one bolt in the groin, one in the gut, one in the chest, three in the head. This is my first big problem with the book. Yeah?
1: It's, it's a hell of a moment. Mm-hmm. But also, our divine Jesus stand-in did just murder two men with magic.
2: See, and but I think that is because he is net John Coffey's now a murderer, and so he that
0: oh. he dies
2: on death row.
0: He's not a murderer. No, he, it's, he, he gave he put something into Percy and
1: on purpose, knowing that it mm-hmm. would cause him to. Yeah, I assume. That had to with be With the direction. intention of using him Percy. as a weapon. No. To, no, it is on. I'm
0: not going to side with you guys against John Coffey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not siding right, against John Coffey. I'm just John not going to do it. <laughs>
1: it is just, it sucks that King wrote this character that is supposed to be this divine character and then being like, oh, but also he is, he will kill people.
2: It It doesn't fit the character.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't work for me.
2: Is it supposed to be divine justice? Is that what it's supposed I guess, to evoke? I, I guess
1: if you are into the idea of people that have done bad things deserve to die, then it's a happy ending. But I'm not. And this sucks.
0: This is Paul. We talked about this first or second episode. Paul's kind of Old Testament. Yeah. So I think this fits with the the religious vibe of it, which would be eye for an eye style
1: yeah, uh, it, which... Which, fine, I you just know, hate it. know, here's
0: the... I i don't mean to, like, d- diminish mm. your reaction to it at all, because you're just having a very, like, sincere, it, real see, reaction. that's the
1: thing, is so much of the end of this book is just King very successfully I- emotionally manipulating his readers. <laughs> we are supposed to be having big feelings yeah. about the yeah, end of it this sure. book. It's
0: probably discussions just like this. Yeah. I just... Uh, I don't know. I just enjoyed the hell out of it. It's a (laughs)
1: hell of a moment. Yeah. yeah. If you are taking it solely as like, uh, yeah, two people, two bad people got what they deserved in a neat magic way.
0: But I'm even okay with having this conversation about, but doesn't that kind of suck in a way?
1: It's just that in (laughs) a book that is uh, supposed to be about John Coffey's innocence, having this moment muddies that water so much.
2: It, what it circles back to is, and I feel like it, it could have been done earlier to give us, all right, I'm just going to say it instead of trying to explain what I'm going to say, that the idea is that Wharton's getting out. Wharton will not face the death penalty for these charges. He'll, you know, maybe get- Because he's so young, prison, he's going to have all these appeals, and, yeah. yeah and he and he's a, a young guy. Uh, more better than average looking People are gonna white think guy. that he
0: has a chance to be a contributing yeah, member of society.
2: All of that stuff is well, alluded to later, but I wish that had been put more in the forefront so that we felt there was a sincere chance that he would That get explains out why
1: I hate this so much. Yeah. Because I am so vehemently against the fucking death penalty. Sure, that makes sense. This is an argument for like, the oh good, he died. He almost got away without dying. Like it, it's-
0: I guess what trips me up is that he raped and murdered two little girls. And so okay. I, which I know doesn't, yes. I, I'm a hypocrite. I actually, no, I, I have
1: something I want to say about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. Because like I said, like I've said the past two episodes, I've been continuing <gasps> my reading. I, I'm okay. way, I'm, I'm not going to go too into it because okay. I am not nearly- well-versed enough to make uh, as big of a cogent point as as this subject needs. Mm-hmm. But I do have this, I want to say, my final thing I'm going to say, and I apologize if this takes a little bit of time. Readers, uh, listeners, I want to thank you. Uh, we've had lots of messages discussing it. All very, very uh, respectful, uh, happy to be having the conversation. I understand that reaction. I I understand seeing someone who has done something unforgivable and wanting them to be punished. The thing that bothers me is, listeners, uh, if you haven't been paying attention to the current state and tenor of the country, there is currently a genocide going on against trans people. That trans and queer people are groomers, child molesters, and when you say we can kill pedophiles, the people in charge can change the definition of what these words mean. State-based killings are a tool of the oppressors to kill their opponents. It is never acceptable for the government to kill a human being. And I will not change my mind on this.
0: You're right. It's a, That's the <sighs> very definition of a slippery slope. Yeah. That's why you can't wow, do stuff like ben. that. Wow,
2: Ben. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for listening, y'all. <laughs> uh, and that's our episode.
1: <laughs> have a good night. No, it's it's something I have become the more I read about it. Um, these are things that I care deeply about. Isn't, and
0: nothing's these ever as conversations, simple as it seems on yeah, space. Yes.
1: So I, I wanna thank you listeners and you two, obviously, and this fucking book, uh, mm-hmm. weirdly enough. <laughs> For inspiring, this is this is something I feel unbelievably passionate about. And I'm going mm-hmm. to continue my growth. Listeners, I please, I, I recommended a few books last episode. Please go out and get them. Please go out and read.
2: Uh, something that I appreciate about you, Ben, and you also, CM, that I love learning from you guys about these things that you are so passionate about and these social issues that I only know surface-level things about nine times out of ten until we have these discussions. And I think that both of you are so great at explaining these things in in a way that, like... In in a way that makes it something you can digest. It's not too... That that explanation you just gave is not too big for Mm -hmm. someone to process. And these issues, if you try to take a look at the whole thing all the way, it's too big to look at.
0: And I... I did not want to be vulnerable and admit how I felt about this issue for everyone to hear because like in my in my brain I know all of that and I know that I should be like absolutely under no circumstances for no reason is it okay to do this that's the position I take but I wanted to share that I don't all I can't always hold on to that feeling sometimes always. in the face of things because I don't mm-hmm. want people to feel bad about themselves for not seeing like Mm -hmm. your argument bend right away um, or not understanding that right away until someone explains that I just want people to because if you can't like forgive yourself for feeling complicated about something you run away from that and then you never change your mind for the positive Mm -hmm. so I think anybody listening like wherever you land I mean feel how you feel but explore it don't be afraid to explore it I guess is my point yeah
2: well, after this, Percy pisses and shits himself, and then everyone looks around and goes, "Nobody saw that, right?" Nobody. Uh, no, after he vomits the uh, bugs out of him, and they all go away. Everyone's like, "We're a uh, new story." Everybody, wrap up, police cover up. We doing this? Yeah. All right. So they, <laughs> so they make the the agreement of their new story. And when he gets home, he tells Jan about fucking everything, and Jan is a Jan. superstar boy. I'm upset that she has this kick-ass scene only to be made shitty later. What? She is
0: not shitty later. I fully support everything she did. I cheered her in my car.
2: Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see how our uh, interpretations (laughs) of that scene differ. I don't don't even know what
1: you guys are talking about. This whole situation. Your brain has been wiped. (laughs) Yes. But no, this scene as well, the scene where he tells his wife about it and- a lot of stuff from here to the end I, uh, is so racist. In two different ways. Yeah. In mm-hmm. two interesting ways. Yeah. Because he goes, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for uh, it. He goes to his wife and tells everything because I, I love this. Because throughout the book, we've been shown mm-hmm. how close their relationship yeah. is. He tells her everything. And in this moment, she does the reality check of you have to do everything in your power to get this man free. Mm-hmm. She, th- what any of us.
0: He can't be put to death for hope- a crime he didn't commit, exactly. which is the point of all these conversations mm-hmm. we've been having.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and she is so furious at him when he says, Nope, nothing we can do. And that's and the later is, scene, right?
2: Oh, is it? No. Because. Uh, it's. It, uh- Th- this scene is when she says, "You can't let him," and, and mm-hmm. he and he responds with, "No." His response in this conversation is the oh, I I'm will. I'm uh, conflating two yeah, conversations. Yeah. Wait, this this time is when he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm gonna start looking into okay. it." This is the conversation that. And that's when that. he
0: because he doesn't. We don't know yet why coffee, oh, according to you guys, killed Bill Wild
2: Bill. Right. Right. So this is the first shift in this final book, where from here on out. It happens uh, the big scene later, but when characters exit the story, we find out how they died mm-hmm. basically from here on out. So our first one is Percy because he. we find out that Percy stayed catatonic for the rest of his life and died in 1965 at the age of 54 in Briarstone or Briaridge. I've combined the two places. <laughs>
0: Yep, he still ended up there.
2: <laughs> yeah. He still did. Two episodes ago. That
1: was the bit yeah, that you know, I was yeah. like, that hey, was just- <laughs> uh, yeah. remember this. Yeah. Cause it's it's such a throwaway <laughs> line yeah. that they're like, oh yeah, when Percy yeah, hears then and you're just you just <laughs> accept it. Yeah. It's that's a very <laughs> really neat deep. little
2: like payoff.
0: Especially for someone writing this month to month.
2: Yeah. It's a good payoff. So the next day, Paul heads out. Uh he he has a conversation with a sheriff. That we'll get back to. He goes to see uh, the uh, who was it? Rob, oh God, what is it? Rob McGee, the the sheriff. Yeah, uh, that's that was in the town where the the case case. Who's happened. like?
0: Don't you dare try to talk to this family or something,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he and basically he agrees so that he is sure he won't and. He goes on that trip, he comes back, we get a little bit of that conversation, but let's not get into what he learns there until we tell everybody, shall okay, we? sure, okay. So, uh, essentially, we leave that conversation. Paul does with, his homework. Paul, yeah, and Rob comes back saying, like, uh, "There's, I think there's enough evidence for doubt here, but John is black, and then we move on. Yep. Um, so, great that that's, like, just uh, the hard stop for this county, is that they'd have to reopen a case involving a black man.
0: This book is hard on
2: a lot of levels.
0: Yeah, the the it's just so depressing.
1: It's from here to the end is King nailing in the point of the book that this yeah. is this is in the, a brutal okay, way. We have built up why Coffee is not only innocent but is a a literal being sent by God, a national and treasure. Now, the yeah. amer you know the united states is going to kill him and it's it's it is hard mm-hmm, <laughs> i did not mm-hmm. enjoy reading any of this from I here usually, to the end of the book yeah. i struggled
0: i usually listen several times i listened twice because i well and i read through a little bit but i didn't do my normal like obsessive over and over again <laughs> 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 listening and reading cuz i can't cuz i'm too sad
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we have Coffee's date of execution, mm-hmm. November 20th. I do like that he points out that for this order to have finally reached him, it had to also go past Hal Moore's. And knowing that that moment had to happen.
0: it's. I'm a little less protective of Hal than Paul is. Mm-hmm. I would have shared that burden probably. Maybe that's a shitty thing to say. But if he's going to sign it, he ought to know, I think. I
2: am like, kind of wh- on the same page, though.
0: Okay, protect well, the guy who got his fucking wife back. like. Here.
2: This, You're fine, fucker. Mm-hmm. Know the, what
0: you did. I'm this, sorry. <laughs> you no, know,
1: this is one of the big things that bothers me with this part that's coming up, with how vehemently Paul and the other guards argue for why they cannot do anything. Do anything.
2: Mm-hmm. We will get to that conversation that's Why I love shortly. Jane. <laughs> Holy yes. shit. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm Josh, a thousand so, percent. okay,
0: get to oh it. Oh my God. Get us to it. The, okay,
2: they come back. <laughs> Paul and his wife have sex. He thinks about John Coffey so that he can finish. Wait, I'm
0: sorry. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Because I, <laughs> I, rel- I was re listening this morning and I was like, wow, did he just like t- tell us about plowing his wife? And then my thoughts turned to John Coffey
2: as a like, dude. <laughs> and then he climaxes. Cry. <laughs> a bursts into tears afterwards uh, because Cry-naxes. he now knows. That Wharton killed the Dederick girls and Coffee did not.
0: I feel like w- you everybody- You ever climax
1: when you go spedunking?
2: It's <laughs> 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 a dumb show. People listen to us. <laughs> I don't understand. Now we have the uh, the group gathered again, but they've added Jan because it's the sequel to the first movie. Uh, you gotta make the cast bigger. And they sit around and Paul tells them everything he's learned. That the sheriff that we mentioned earlier found out that Wharton had been caught when he was 19. Or no, it was. Yeah, it was when he it was 16 months ago. He was caught with a nine-year-old.
0: Finger raping a nine-year-old.
2: Yes. Ugh. And it was not reported because it would have been embarrassing for her family. That It's great to be a woman. That's the 30s. <laughs> that's terrific. Goddamn. But... Here's what I think is interesting. A posse of people gathered Wharton up, took him out into the the field, beat the shit out of him. And as we discussed in the last episode, three months later, he escalated violence, just like we had with the, the discussion with the straitjacket thing and the Moon Pie incident.
0: Yep, because if you get caught raping someone and you don't like getting in trouble for that, the next time you rape someone, you will kill them so you don't get in
2: trouble. We also learned that after he left town, he wound up in Trapigas County and he helped the Dedericks do some painting and do some stuff around the house. He lied saying that he was staying in a place in town. The Rob McGee went and checked. He took meals with the family, which is how he got to know them. So the girls because the problem was, why didn't the girls yell? People Mm -hmm. kept wondering. And they soon now he knew they knew who the guy was. Same reason the dog didn't bark. The dog was familiar with who this person was. Mm. And when Wharton was arrested for the robbery that turned violent, he wound up with property that was from a house robbery in the county around the time of the killing. So there's all, all of this evidence that clearly it was him. Oh, also the fake name he gave them was Will Bonnie, which is Billy the Kid's mm-hmm. name. So if that wasn't the final nail in the coffin of this arrogant asshole... That it's definitely him. While this sounds like it would be enough, uh, the law's racist. And that's pretty much what we're left with. Now, here here it goes. Let's talk about Jan and Jan's comment. Jan's idea that Wharton confessed all this before he died is the best idea in the fucking world if these guys had taken 10 seconds to think about it.
0: Yes, I'm so mad that they didn't. And then also... I'm sorry when it comes to – I know it's like the depression and that's been made a big deal and I think that's why it's been made a big deal Mm -hmm. so that someone can't make the argument I'm about to make. But I think when it comes to me having to take some heat and explain why, oh, I'm sorry I forgot to tell you I found this out and this is why this happened, to save an innocent person's Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. you fucking do it. See,
1: here is the thing that bothers me and it the only thing that makes me go, fine, is because it is – a bunch of white prison guards in the 1930s, mm-hmm. and of course they're going to it basically uh, uphold white supremacy by doing nothing because they say, "Well, we can't. We can, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed Everything to do? You How can, are we? Yeah. What are no we going to tell someone in yes. power who we, we have connections to, who we have helped, and who we going to use our power? We, yeah, to we're going to use our powers guy? to help this guy. No, because then." we might get in trouble. And we're white guys. Which so is, that would be terrible. Which
0: is why when Jan flips her mm-hmm. shit, I am on fucking a thousand board. Percent. Because that's exactly how because I felt. I wanted to flip the table. What are we supposed to
1: do, Jan? Not What good are we enough. supposed to do? It's not Perform an elaborate breakout like we already did a few chapters ago? Well, that was different. We had to save the life of a white woman. Why would we do it to save this guy? This guy who saved, that white woman probably hasn't saved as many people as
0: coffee has, if we even want to get philosophical on it about
1: that. It is, (laughs) the rest of the book becomes, all all the stuff that happens in the present is all about, and we find out the whole book is about Paul's guilt. That, oh, we we killed this perfect heavenly being. Yeah, you you did. did. You deserve this guilt. You are a bad person. So I said
0: he's in his own purgatory. Mm -hmm. They had excuses that protect themselves because Mm -hmm. they weren't willing to fight for this guy, even if they had lost the fight. They didn't. They didn't try. And then it's it's supposed to be better because John Coffey is sad because he's never oh. had a good life. No, this is yeah. the worst part. Yeah. John Coffey would be living in my house for the rest okay. of his life.
1: Can I can I can I move on? Yeah. Can I move on to the next thing? Sure. Oh, because, oh wait, I'm sorry, can yes. we just say like
0: yes. Jan gets really upset because mm-hmm. they're all giving her these bullshit excuses and she Takes her. She swipes all the food, everything off the table. She just loses it. She flips out and she calls them cowards. Mm-hmm. And Paul tries to grab her, and she's like, "Don't you fucking touch me!" Because after tomorrow, you are a fucking mm-hmm. murderer. And she mm-hmm. pieces out later. She apologizes. She's like, "I'm sorry, I." said that too because i know this you don't want to do this and it's sure. like the worst thing i've ever said to you in our marriage and i'm and they're fine
1: but i but she's right
0: in that moment like because i felt how she felt and when i'm mm-hmm. when i was listening to it i was like everything i she was like one step ahead of me I'm like mm-hmm. well why don't we yeah yeah jan like she's saying mm-hmm. well then what about okay yeah she's right well then yeah do that and then when it's like no 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 and she just does that mm-hmm. i was like yeah, I, I would probably feel like doing that too. And then when she kicks the fucking chair because it's in her mm-hmm. way, I cheered, I was in my kitchen. So now I went, yeah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, everything, I completely agree. But up to this point, it is the book showing us that our main characters are still being, they're being shitty. The thing that they're doing is shitty, but they are currently in the 1930s South. The-, the you know, oh, racism no, it's is so be prevalent. hard to do the right thing. Exactly. Ugh. A million times worse is what happens next because Jan says, Ask John Coffee what he wants, which again, I was like, Fucking Jan is based as shit. Like, d- yes, talk hey, to I'll, the guy whose life is affected. Ask him what he wants. Yes, that's great. The problem is that the way King writes this scene is racist as fuck. He goes to the magical black man already, we won't go into it. We've talked about it before, uh, and asks John Coffey, this is this is your life. What What do you want? And John Coffee's response is, well, I'm so sad that racism exists. It, it, the best thing for me is if I die, please, don't do anything to actually help me, Paul. You are absolved. You are ab- absolved. Please don't feel too bad. My because life I sucks, so this will die. be better.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it hurts is so much. So fucking racist. It is insane how racist that is. To put in your one black character's mouth. No, it's cool. It's cool. I'll peace out.
0: Whoa. I Wait, okay, so Josh, I want your reaction to that, and I also need your reaction to Jan. Let's unpack this. <laughs> uh uh.
2: Ah. Uh. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, my, the reason I didn't think about John's speech about it, like being like, yeah, I'm okay dying, being a, the race part of it, is that uh, when he uh, immediately after that, he touches Paul and he makes mm-hmm. Paul resistant. And for after he lets go for a little while, Paul sees and experiences the world as the, John he, Coffee does. He moves up and, a level of the tower. Right. But the idea that, the, uh, what that put into my mind is, is this what omniscience would look like trapped inside a mortal? And if John, Co- if that's a touch of what John Coffee has, and John Coffey basically has a seed of omniscience it trapped in a mortal body, I imagine that being fucking hell. That's how sure. we're supposed to and feel about I it. And I accept
1: yeah. that the <laughs> yeah. entire book is about race. Sure. The entire book is about race. And when you make the... It doesn't matter... Oh, he's he's his life so hard because he's. The it feels like a cop out. The end, yeah, the end result is King deciding, nah, this black character totally wants to die, and it's to it sucks. It it, su- it feels gross to me.
2: I think that the only, I think the only ending is for John Coffee to die, like John Coffee being set to peace is how. I don't think there's any other way the story can end
0: by the electric chair? No, that, it doesn't
2: I, I mean it, it, the, it doesn't have name. to be that. It could have been him keeping mm. the thing okay, and like yeah. but John Coffey dying is how it has to happen in this book. There's like there's what, no the only ending. thing that
1: makes me think that is kind of what the book was going for is the fact that as we talked about he's a Jesus. He is <laughs> he's yeah, yeah. dying to absolve the guards of the sin of racism and that's racist as shit. That a black man needs to sacrifice his life so a bunch of white people can learn that racism <laughs> is bad.
2: That is fucking racist. You're assuming it's, that any of these guards took that lesson. There's also that It's <laughs> Well and well see, and here the reason that I, I don't agree with that assessment is that we have never shown any of these guards to have any racist feelings. Because then
1: King would have to deal with the complexities of race,
2: which he is not prepared (laughs) to do. So that's why I, I don't know, I, I fell into that narrative of the, like, it explains when he, when we get that brief window of Paul seeing the world at a fraction of what coffee does, and it almost drives him insane, it starts to make all the moments of him not being there until he, like, sees something again, because imagine if you saw everything all at once, but you are not a god. How I old, love seeing everywhere everything. It's mean, ever a great movie. It's, it's a fantastic <laughs> movie. Sounds like a delicious bagel.
0: Do you want to die?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did in, in that <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. That was the point. No, uh, I, I, want I death. see, I,
0: I understand your point because I when I was reading it, I could feel like this is what we're supposed to take away from it that Like, be sad, but don't be super sad because, like, he is suffering and that suffering is ending. I also see Ben, like, ooh, that's a really um, upsetting uh, realization to have about how that comes across,
1: It is given the society that we live in. Yeah, you have to ignore so much of the, like. It's
0: so unfortunate to be able to find moments like that in things because people suck.
1: Yeah, I, it, it, I just, ruin, it
0: ruins. It makes everything good in life. It makes and everything the entire book.
1: <laughs> King is not like he's not trying to write fucking To Kill a Mockingbird. That it is. It, it, after all of this heavy shit, where he's bringing up things that are, he's just swinging outside his wheelhouse. He's trying to use the specter of racism to tell a good old story, and it's it just
2: oof. Do you, <laughs> oof. you think? Do you think some of these? things would have been retooled if he'd written this as a novel?
1: I I don't know.
2: I'm, I, I, <laughs> I have no judgment it's, on it, I just, I, I'm curious. I we it, have
1: yeah. seen throughout all of King's books that race isn't a thing, that he has always had the most, uh, the greatest takes on. You know, uh, I, I think he tried, I don't think there were any bad intentions going oh, into this book. Yeah. It was written with good intentions. Yeah. I just don't think Stephen King I think is he the missed right the mark. I don't
0: think
2: he's and the right guy to be writing this stuff. He's not story. the one to
0: give that issue a voice. Yeah. I I understand completely. That's that's saying. what I think. Yes. My problem. There's is. no,
2: yeah. The Jan thing, the only mo- the yeah. most valuable thing that Jan says is to uh, not tell Hal if he can't do anything, but he can do something. And that absolutely none of them can call in or miss the execution that's like the one thing that I'm like fuck yeah Jan. Everything else it was it felt like Jan is being used as a mouthpiece so all the men can tell her why these ideas won't work. And I don't like that it feels like in and it could just be maybe it's different like hearing the performance in the audiobook but reading it her response it felt like she went from genius to idiot in a paragraph by mm, being like It wasn't
0: like that in the audio Where we are at all. where
2: she's like we can do so like And nobody explores any of the options Mm -hmm. beyond that. Like, so we can't even acknowledge it. Like, you know, somebody called in a tip. His, he was in the Mm -hmm. paper. Mm -hmm. All these things were, there were so many, there was a million reasons we could have reopened this case. Whatever. Let's ignore that because it's, it's too much. But she goes immediately from that to the dumbest idea in the world of break him out and make him a fugitive.
0: I don't think that's dumb. I think it's it's just showing her desperation Mm. of I'm telling you this and you're shooting it down. I'm telling you this and you're shooting it down. And like, She's her ideas are just like, well, if nothing normal that makes fucking sense to any other human being except you guys will work, then break them out. Like, I don't I didn't see it as a stupid comment. I saw it as, OK, fuck you, then as, you don't want to do if, what you can do. Mm-hmm. Then do something insane. Break them out. Do, do whatever you have to do.
1: It's it does not matter. It's the morally correct. The only morally Upright thing to do is to get him out under is to do
0: everything in your power right. to stop this. And if you fail in that, it's because you're a coward. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Like it's okay to fail. Like if you fail in trying, it's because you're a coward. If you fail in achieving it, it's because the system fucking sucks too. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So we uh actually we skipped over this a little bit, the rehearsal. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's Paul. I,
2: Paul I, standing in for two, two. Wow, yeah. Zoned out. Really? Yeah. Zoned out through a lot of this. I
0: too did, hard. I did too appreciate difficult. that Paul took the place of the yeah. prisoner cuz i thought that was like the only respectful gesture that he could make i guess to yep. me the reader cuz coffee wasn't there but it it felt like him acknowledging like this is awful we're all awful and i if 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 <laughs> i don't know
1: yeah. it's it's it, like i said uh, king succeeding in what he is actually trying to do, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is... Break my heart. Argue for... (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he is trying to argue for, you know, prison reform or anything. He is just trying to make you feel as bad as possible. To break your heart, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And he does it. He does it really well. That's the real horror. The moment
2: that Brutus says that this is the most in danger of going to hell he's ever felt, and Paul looks at him because that... That's like something Brutal would say as a joke. And he Mm. looks at him and just stares so long to make sure it's not a joke. Yeah. I thought that moment felt real heavy to me.
0: Also, another moment from this that hit me was when Paul is in the chair and he reflects on coffee saying they're still in there pieces of them. I can hear their screams. And he's like, get me out. And and I think it's at that time or maybe it's during the execution where he he thinks about people who claim this is humane, but they're not willing to investigate it themselves. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, uh, it's Brutus's line here where he does say the uh, "I'm gonna kill." We're gonna kill a gift from God, and what's my excuse? It was my job. That goes mm-hmm. back to job. Yeah, try something. When, Do yeah. something. When
0: when the law is bad, you you don't just blindly follow it. You break the law and you change it.
2: <laughs> so, uh, well, we already discussed. Paul going into the cell and getting the mm-hmm. gift from Coffee, uh, and him seeing the world that way. I do like that he, when he reads Brutal's mind, like real briefly when he walks yeah. by. I thought that was really funny. Man, should oh, that's we, So heavy. Should we
0: talk? A- do you just want me to run us through it real quick? Let's
2: let's yeah. just let's jump okay. to it. Let's.
0: They execute Coffee. I'm not going to do it that quick. But-
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wow.
0: <laughs> All right. The of co- uh, a lot of people show up for it including the family of the two mm. little girls. And it's hard because for us, it feels like they're being shitty, but if it was wild believe. Bill in that yeah. chair and we knew he's the one who did it. And again, like, I'm just, sorry, Ben, I'm, I'm just passing over the issue, mm-hmm. but just to say like for purposes of reading for entertainment, sure, it would be easier to swallow if they're like, yeah, fry him. If it was <laughs> Cause the he real do person it. who yeah. did it, yeah. Um, so that's a little hard because it's like, oh, I don't want to not like <laughs> these grieving parents. It's not their fault. And Paul kind of grapples with that. Well, no, all f- I mean,
1: <laughs> fucking complicit in a racist system, so I hate them all. But <laughs> anyway. you, know, you know who's you not? Know
0: what I mean. I know right? what you
2: mean. No, I okay. know exactly what you mean. It's it's <laughs> the book I'm frustrated yes. at. Also <laughs> pointing out that Rob McGee is not there the sheriff that went out, talked to the debtor He and is how, noticeably absent. Mm-hmm. It,
0: oh yeah. Oh, that's gross too. Cause it's, uh, anyway, what is heartbreaking? Uh, another heartbreaking thing, I guess, is when brutal comes up to John with the mask mm-hmm. and John realizes, and he begs like, please don't leave. Don't let me be in the dark. It
1: Took every ounce of energy in me not to ride that 15 second skip button. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't want to mm-hmm. listen to this. Mm-hmm. It,
0: I didn't... I actually... Paused it when mm-hmm. I, w- I was getting ready for work in the morning and I was just by myself. I was like, not going to do this to myself, like in <laughs> a <laughs> quiet house, just yeah. have this uh, experience. You,
1: you, you do feel for the guards in that moment. Yeah. Because
2: they like brutal is. They're heartbreaking too. Yeah.
0: It when it's a he's
2: hard a, scene. Because when they walk in, he can feel, coffee can feel mm. all their of their hatred, anger and in yeah. brutal whispers, focus on how we feel and not that. And I thought that was.
0: Because mm-hmm. oh. they all love him. Yeah. Yeah. And we
1: like you while we do violence against you, but well, we like you. So and it's okay. It's,
0: and you it's can die happy. King fucking with us because we're supposed to be relieved that the people who are killing him care for him and mm-hmm. he can feel that. As and it's though like,
1: that makes it better. It's, it's like, I was
0: so mad at him reading this. I'm like, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck you for all this complication in my heart right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they. they Hit the switch and light bulbs explode. Um, Mrs. Klaus faints in her husband's lap. A lady's and, dog
2: blows up. Uh, <laughs> I think and, that dog is Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> <I>
0: asked, <laughs> Thank God for light moments. And then we're supposed to also feel sort of okay because as far as executions go it was a quick one. Mm-hmm. uh. I, Not painless. They had to build bigger straps for him too. Like it's just coffee didn't fit in that chair in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like he was not meant for that chair.
2: Also the fact that his last words before they flip it on were, uh, I was sorry for what I am. Mm -hmm. Like there's no zero context to anybody in the room. It's very clearly. And the really important
0: part to note that Paul, because he's not wearing the hood sees his eyes as he's dying knows that he's the last thing that coffee sees before he describes it as we tipped him off the world, which is a fascinating Mm -hmm. sentence. I, I just like sat with that for a minute. It was great. And he did not see what he wanted to see, what I desperately wanted him to describe to me. He saw, he didn't see him like being okay. That moment that he gave him earlier, like it's okay. My life sucks. And it's, hard and i'd rather be dead it was fear yeah. and pain
2: he there was no peace yeah. on his face when we leave this execution i'm just gonna roll through these because we got a whole room mm. full of people whose deaths we know about uh claus dederick died four months later from a stroke his wife died 18 years later in a trolley accident curtis anderson who was the stand-in a uh, warden enlisted in the army nearly 10 years later and died in a truck accident on base without ever seeing combat. Brutal died of a heart attack. 25 years later, Harry died in 1982, close to 80 years old from intestinal cancer. Dean, Ugh. Dean, who was left behind because he had a family and young kids at home, died only four months later. He'd been, he'd transferred to another block and a prisoner stabbed him in the neck and nobody knows why. From here, we're back with old Paul, uh, Ellie.
0: That's not <laughs> a palate cleanser. <laughs> From this point
1: on, I just kept thinking, I can't believe this book is still going.
2: It, honestly, uh, the old Paul stuff's so boring. It turns out he's 104 years old. Which I
0: forgot, that's what coffee's gifted. Yeah, mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen for everybody.
2: Right. Because uh, he, yeah, is it because, not Melinda because Melinda didn't live forever. Well, Melinda he, didn't get- Imbued coffee him. healed
0: Paul, but he also did that other thing. And maybe sure. it's that other thing, that's but, the other thing. That... But did he do that other thing to Mr. Jingles, who's also still alive?
2: Of course, he did. I, I guess, and am... that was a two for one. We didn't get a chapter of what Mr. Jingles saw. From this yeah, also, he might have also been omniscient, oh so in he the end, a- him. All right, I'm not talking Sorry. to you guys well, anymore. Well, also also
1: <laughs> in the afterward, uh, King does say that Mr. Jingle's coming back because we find out the shed that fucking What's-His-Face has been Paul. trying to figure <laughs> out. No, the, the oh, orderly oh, oh, has been trying to Carsey? like yeah. figure out what Paul's up to in this shed. We find out that he's just been going out there because Mr. Jingles is out there mm. and he's been taking care of this old ass mouse. And we're, doesn't we're have like, to
2: anymore because he dies today. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I guess... <laughs> Everything dies all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess that he must have given Mr. Jingles superpowers. Because
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mr. Jingles disappears forever after
2: right, that Right. see no, him now. It also doesn't help that Mr. Jingles is already super magic before, so there's no really discernible difference in new Jingles. We never get
0: a resolution to that, Yeah. <laughs> well, uh,
2: like I said, uh, King
1: says in the afterword that... <laughs> All this Mr. Jingle stuff at the end of the book was something he just threw in at the end because uh Tabitha was like what happened to the mouse. Okay,
0: that's why this doesn't make sense. That's why I'm stuck on it. Mm-hmm. He didn't imbue him with anything because yeah. Stephen King just threw it in at the end. No,
2: yeah, I I yeah. Hate, I hate, <laughs> I I hate Mr. You. I hate Mr. Jingle's being at the <laughs> end here. I I I think when Mr. Jingle's exited the story, he should have been gone forever.
1: Although here's what it does make me think of is uh Paul, Mr. Jingles dies, and Paul's like, "Oh, now I know I'm not immortal." <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but do, do you think the longevity power is like <laughs> proportional?
2: Proportional? Because he's going to be going for hundreds of life? years. Exactly. Then, right?
0: <gasps> he's like a vampire.
2: The average mouse is two years. I looked it up. Yeah, that's Ooh, Paul's extrapolate got that in the human life ahead of him.
0: Yeah. His purgatory sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, we get left with. But the moment his wife died, that's okay. where he decides this to leave the story.
0: <laughs> this is, again, Stephen King kicking me in the dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Punishing innocent people. Would you like to
2: share the, the story, Sam?
0: Yeah. So, okay. The, just an interesting tidbit. Elaine is the new lady. Yes. Mm-hmm. She finishes it and she comes to him and she's like, hey, man, so... The way you talk about your family, like, did you have kids when you were 11? Like, mm. what's up? And that's how we find out that he's really old. So that's kind of cool. But the part about Jan, she died in a horrible bus accident. They were going to their grandkids' graduation, uh-huh. I believe. And something happened with the truck, and it mm. hit the this bus. The bus
2: blew a tire, which made it go sideways, was hit a by truck. a fertilizer truck that pierced it into a bridge abutment like in a Buick A. And tore the bus in half Mm -hmm. and blew up half of it.
0: And not everybody died, but everybody except for Paul was injured. And Mm -hmm. we just get this horrible, tragic, sad scene of him kind of coming to and seeing that he's outside in the world. And there are all these suitcases scattered, people's belongings, body parts, just gore. And he finds Jan, and she's not quite dead yet. And he doesn't know to this day if it would have been better if she had been or not. And he, and there's no, like, he describes she doesn't die, like, in the movies where, you know, they can tell each other they uh-huh. love each other, anything like that. She just is alive, struggling, and then she's gone. Yeah. And he looks up, and I think it had started raining and he sees like kind of through the rain a figure and he knows it's John Coffee and he starts to call to him to help and then he disappears and he's just this old guy holding his dead wife screaming help me John Coffee like like a crazy person it sucks
2: <laughs> and he still dreams about that night but when he dreams it's not an illusion John Coffee is there
0: mm-hmm. And, and it, I did have that thought, oh, like, he can't help you because you killed
2: because him. Yeah, and right. All? Honestly, if we, if, if this story, if they'd gotten him out and then he just vanished into the world again, like he was apt to do beforehand, and then in this moment he just showed up again, I'd be like, goddamn right, he did. That's John Coffee. <laughs> like that, that mysterious showing up thing fits exactly with the kind of mm-hmm. person. He's written to be.
1: Yeah.
2: But yeah, it, it ends with him screaming, you saved Hal's wife. Why can't you save mine to nobody? Yeah. Because there's nobody there. And ever since, Paul has not been seriously sick or injured since that moment of coffee. He passed one gallstone and he was very happy for the pain because it would have been so long. Because pain. Uh, uh. He's had like a cold every six years, but he knows that... Death will come, but he'll be wishing for it long before it arrives. He
0: does not have a good end. Until I... then,
2: <laughs> he'll lie awake with insomnia.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it ends. He says he has insomnia I forgot at the end. that, and I thought yeah. you were
0: trying to no. shoehorn in no. your insomnia atropos. No, he specifically <laughs> says
2: he, that he he has insomnia like the rest of his life.
0: Shit, you're right. All right, I mean, I was already on board with your theory, but now I double on board. <laughs>
2: All right, uh, let's let's rate this monster, emotional monster. Ugh, I I've been dreading
1: this moment <laughs> since I finished this fucking book, because it's it's a great book. Mm-hmm. It's written incredibly. If you are taking it as a a good old king yarn that's going to make you feel some feelings, then great. But the 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 last. The last book of the green mile has so many fumbles for me there are so many things that i'm like oh king you're not you're not handling this subject matter with the I, I don't know i i like i said earlier i think he was writing it with good intentions but it was the 90s and it's stephen king and he he has some very centrist views on uh, capital punishment and race. I honestly don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to read this book. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna say just right down the middle. A three out of five blue chambray shirts with an asterisk.
0: <laughs> that says
1: your mileage may vary. I. I don't know. See him.
0: I've had so much fun until now. <laughs> I mean, until this episode, like this is a hard episode yeah, for us, yeah. I think. And, and mm-hmm. we're not.
1: Oh, no, we're going for our ice cream yeah. after Listeners, this. We got to blow off we the are steam. We're all okay with
0: each other. We're <laughs> not upset at each other at all, but we're also <laughs> passionate. And yeah. also, also like Emotions listening to heightened. one another share unique perspectives that we hadn't thought of. I mean, that's a hard thing to grapple with with each other and to mm-hmm. go through and to hear other perspectives and to challenge yourself and challenge one another. And very stressed out right now but I think this book is really easy to read it's well written I I was just taken by it instantly and carried through to the end it toyed with my emotions like I have never experienced (laughs) before what it was trying to do um, with the exception you know of Ben your points which I I will not, you know, I agree with. But it it was very effective at mm-hmm. making you feel all of the emotions, making you feel things you don't feel comfortable, admitting you are capable of feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to look at myself a few times like, oh, fun, I have another thing I can work on because that's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I wanted to know about me. I am going to give it five out of five Blue chambray shirts.
2: I think it's uh, a really easy read. I don't like the old Paul stuff. I don't like the Mr. Jingles at the end. But other than that, I love the story it has to tell. I'm going to go four out of five blue chambray shirts.
0: And that is it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us next time where we will be covering the movie The Green Mile. Yeah. For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm Siam Alexander reminding you, sometimes there is absolutely no difference at all between salvation and damnation. <laughs> Everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to The Green Mile Part 3. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dairy Public Radio and Twitter at Dairy Public. You can also send us an email at Dairy Public Radio at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page for bonus episodes and early releases and our Etsy store for merchandise. And speaking of merchandise, Ben is with me today because we have some new stuff to tell you about.
1: Happy Pride, constant readers. Woo. Yeah, that's right. It's it's June, Pride month, and we here at Dairy Public Radio are excited to announce that we are dropping some new Pride merch. The Dairy Public Radio logo featuring the rainbow flag and the trans pride flag. You can get these on shirts or mugs, and I'm extremely happy to say that a portion of our proceeds from these sales We'll be going to support two programs here in our hometown that we are very happy to help: the Project of the Quad Cities and Clock Inc. Two nonprofits here in the Quad Cities, where Dairy Public Radio is located, that provide healthcare counseling support groups for LGBTQIA plus individuals. As we discussed in the episode. The queer community and the trans community are kind of going through it right now in this country. And this month, this year, it's more important than ever to show the the queer people in your life the support and love that they need to be happy, be safe, and thrive. Mm-hmm. I I just wanted to come on here. Uh, I know usually <laughs> you you would be <laughs> listening to, to CM, but... I wanted to come in here personally and say from the bottom of our hearts, we love, and support, we love you you. and support you. Please head on over to our merch store and check out our new our new merch. And if you have the means, we will be posting links to the project and clock ink's websites. Please donate. They are wonderful programs that I myself have have benefited from. They, They help so many people in our community. We want to do everything we can to support them. So thank you so much, listeners, and happy Pride to everyone.
0: That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.